Just a quick warning. This episode contains some language that is not bleeped. So if you're listening with someone who should not be listening to unbleeped words, maybe pause and finish listening when they're not around. Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. This is your podcast of all real things diabetes. That's good. That's our best opening yet. Third time's a charm. So last week we (laughs) talked about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Dating in type one. Yeah. I think more people related to you uh, in saying that they had a fear or uh, trouble with telling the people they were dating that they were diabetic. Yeah. I remember um, someone texted me. I think it was James. And he was listening and he said, Craig, I can't believe of all people that you're <laughs> afraid to tell other people you have type 1. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. The most diabetes involved, type 1 diabetes involved person that I know. It is actually really crazy. I think it's that like. you're more nervous than I am. It's like I'm one person when I'm in a room with people with type 1. I can just be open about it. Well, can we talk about last night? So uh, last night I invited Craig and James to my friend's concert, and I, I, I guess I didn't realize how <laughs> many of Craig's friends are type one. Where I'd be like, "Oh, hey, Craig, meet my friends, meet my friends," but you stood at a table with James, and by the time I like called you over to hang out with my non-diabetic friends, when I like got back from getting a drink, you were staring at your phone, looking at your Dexcom graph. Do you feel like it's weird to be in a group of non-diabetics? I know this isn't our topic. No, I mean, we couldn't really... Relate? Yeah. Do you feel like you can't relate to people that don't have diabetes? No, but it was also weird because it was just a really crazy blood sugar night for me. You're right. You're right. You kept dropping. I I kept getting down arrows and overreacting. And then I tend to... Maybe this should be our topic. What? Dexcom. Sure. Arrows. We kind of uh, Too much information. Yeah, we kind of touched on it the first episode, I feel like. It's... But I'm the same way. I remember when I first got my Dexcom, which was like six, seven years ago. I cannot believe you've had it for that long, and I got it in August. Yeah. And not even a year for you. No, not even a year. Um, And I first got it. And was just like so amazed with all the information. Was it as accurate back then? Yeah, I think so. Um, But I was looking at it like every five minutes. I was like so amazed with the data. And you know I'm a data person. Yeah. I I love data. How long has it been around for at Dexcom? It's been around longer than that. I had no idea. Because I was on the G4 and then they had something else before that. Uh. That was less accurate, like the seven something. It went from the G four to the seven. No, it something? was the seven something then the G four. That still something. doesn't make sense. I don't remember what Neither, it was called. It's like the Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the prequels. Yeah, I don't get it. So, uh, so I would stare at it just like all day, like analyzing every dot, and yeah. I was like. Oh my God, I ate like one chip too many for lunch because I went up like one dot and I would be like, okay, I need like a tenth of a unit. I feel like you're still like that. And I was like doing it, but it was worse 
because now I can be like, okay, it's going to like change a little when I eat and I'll like check up on it. And it'll level. And this was like every five minutes. And then what I was doing, that wasn't the problem. The problem was that every time something would happen, I would assume something was wrong with my pump. Like my basal oh my rates God, were wrong. Craig. My insulin to carb ratio was wrong. So it was like, oh my God, I ate that meal and I went high afterwards. My insulin to carb ratio is wrong. And so it would go from like 1 to 15 to like 1 to 10 and be like way too You're much. You're a special case. And then the next day. <laughs> you know that? Then the next day it'd be the complete opposite. I'd be like, oh my God, it's changed. And Do you I know you're a special case though? Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know think, how many people. Oh, I guess. I mean, please. Yeah. Let us I'm sure know there's other if you people feel who do the this. same way as Craig. But it was like, I would I would just see it in the moment and be like, something was wrong. And it took me. Seven years. <laughs> no, I, I remember the next time I saw my doctor and we like went through all my stuff. And um, she was like, Craig, what are you doing? Like, like this is just bonkers. And we like undid everything. You were like changing your basil every morning. And then it was like, okay, just like wait and just like. That, okay. Well, first she told me never make a change without me. That's probably for the best. Which I I don't always do. Wait, is this. But I'm better now because I will wait and I will say, okay, this has been happening for a week. It's probably a trend. I think the reason that my A1C went down so much when I first got my Dexcom is because for the first time. You know, when we're all low and we eat everything in the kitchen, it's like, you don't even have to explain it. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I used to keep eating, keep eating, keep eating until I, until I felt high or until I felt not low anymore. And with the Dexcom, I was like, you know what? I, I did hear this, like, this, <laughs> this tale that if you eat 15 grams and wait 15 minutes, like, that should do it. And that felt like the concept never— that, that, that concept never crossed my mind that that was an accurate way to do things. It, I, it, for me, it was like, you eat until you feel better, and then you can correct later. I was never like, maybe I should give this a try. And with the Dexcom for the first time— I ate 15 grams and then I just sat there and sat there and sat there and I'm watching my down air and I'm like, oh my God, I need to eat. I need to eat. And in my head, I'm like, just wait, just wait, just wait. What do you know? Before 15 minutes, I'd get that little air walk and I was like, holy shit. Are you still good about that? Um, Yes. Yeah, I am. Because I hate, I I feel like you always, you're low and you like eat a bunch and then you're like, oh my God, I'm not. Craig, here's my problem. I hate being low. But I hate being high. Yeah. So when I am that low, I know that if I eat too much, I'm going to be too high. So I, I am much more conscious of like just w- just watch your Dexcom arrow. But can I just say something really quick? Mm-hmm. Is this episode going to be relatable for people that don't have the Dexcom? Because like I'm not even covered anymore and I'm stealing supplies from followers. I don't know if you're stealing supplies. Well, they're giving them to me. But I just don't want people to feel left out. This is a real thing I'm saying to you right now. Yeah. People can't afford it. I can't afford it. I'm not even covered. And I can't afford it without a prescription. And I've been really lucky. Maybe we should talk about that. Oh. What? There's going to be a lot of different topics this episode. We're gonna, yeah. Whatever you want. I don't know. So I... Access so, to technology. Okay. So I... Okay. Okay. What? Go ahead. No, my mom told me I need to stop cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell Literally me when I'm cutting you off. Literally 10 minutes ago, she told you on the phone. And I was just like, did you listen to the second episode? I was like, okay. Mom, there's only been two. <laughs> so should we wrap up this first yeah. topic before going on? Sure. Okay. So if you don't have a desk, I'm just skip forward like five minutes or Fast something forward. like that. Um, 
what were you saying? I was saying, and it's helped me. Oh, not. Not overcorrect and over. And then once you go too high, then you overcorrect and you go too low. And then you, you've and been able to. It's the first time where I'm like, wait, 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 wait for that steady error. Wait for And then and I wait. And you could have done that before. No, I couldn't have. How would I have known what I was Well, you would have just have to just, you would have just tested every, every 15 five minutes. Every five minutes? 15 minutes. I would, guess, but still, I would have tested at 120. 15 minutes later, I wouldn't know if I was going up from that 120, yeah. staying the same or going down. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have known. There's, n- I wouldn't have known. And so, really, what but you you're saying is, that it was harming you at first, right? Because and it, it was it, has it was information overload. Yeah, and it has harmed me too in that same way. And I've definitely noticed in my life um, that. The days when my blood sugars are good versus my days when my blood sugars are bad. Yeah. The days where they're bad are almost the days where I'm like focusing too much. Right. Because there's a balance. This is what I say. If I, I focus too much, then it's like I'm micromanaging to the point where, you know, you have to realize food takes X amount of time no, to digest. I know. Yeah. And insulin takes X amount of time yeah. to work. So if you give yourself a correction, so this is what happened to me last night at the is show. That at the show is I had a slight down arrow, so I should eat. So I ate, which was probably the right thing in the moment. Well, Like, I don't think I would, you know, when I'm like 90 with a down arrow, like I should eat. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten as much. I ate one thing of fruit snacks. But then I started coming up, and I was like, oh, no, I have an up arrow. I should give some insulin. Yeah, what we forget. And then t- 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I still have an up arrow. I should give some right. more insulin. Like what I just said about how I'll, I'll see that I'm 120 and this is the first time I can see if I'm going up, down, mm-hmm. or steady. You're right. There was a time where I would test and eat and then wait two hours and test. And I'd either be high, low, or steady. And I would correct from that number two hours later. And I think you're right. You need to give your butt. I, I would joke and be like when I, when I started – and be like when I started getting on all these, uh, like when I got on the pump and I got on the Dexcom, I was like trying to play God in a way, yeah. where instead of letting my body do what it needed to do, I'm like, no, I can, I can control because it better. Like I'm smarter, I can do this. Like I can like be one step ahead of my body. And it's like, no, you can't. Like you have to let the insulin take its course. You have to t- let the sugar take its course. Because I do the same thing where I correct for low and I go straight up and I'm like, oh my God, I ate way too much. So then I get a correction. I'm like, dude, if you would have waited 10 minutes, you would have leveled off and been fine and you just ruined your whole entire morning. Yeah, You can't correct within the five minutes of doing something else because you see the you arrow go up minutes. or down. Yeah. Like give it a, give it a, give your body a break. Yeah. I think it's, but it's so hard easy. to forget that insulin takes so long. Right. So long. And that's long. really Hours. what hurts us. Yeah. Yeah, because I eat, I even eat and then I go up and I'm like, oh my god, I got the wrong one insulin. And then I'm like, no, you're obviously gonna go up after you ate. Like, do you think there's things you can eat? I mean, besides certain things well, that you, I, unless you pre bowl right? But there well. are things when you eat, like you're not just gonna be 100 steady through every meal. You're gonna you're gonna rise and you're gonna come down and if it's gonna be carbs. okay. Are you making fun of me because I haven't been eating? Carbs? No, I was no, I was gonna oh. say we could talk about carbs. That's that's another episode. <laughs> another episode. It's all another episode. But yeah, it can it can harm and it can help. And I think you need to figure out uh, the way that it could be helping you. Yeah, with all the you information. Need to slow but down. you know, we were closing down this topic and moving on from that. We were. I don't want this t- people to, without a Dexcom to not to yeah. just turn us off. Well, I think that's an interesting thing because you know we're very connected on social media. Who us? Us, you and to, me. To who? To well, what? like we're to the diabetes social media. Mm. 
I don't now. post that much anymore. I look at a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm different. I look five, 5% five of the time. So I think that... Um, <laughs> We're both checking our blood sugars. Yeah. What are you? Because one of our taxes went off. I know, I'm 207. I'm 169. Oh, like you. Um, I feel like the people involved on social media, at least the people I see, usually have at least a Dexcom or a pump and a Dexcom. Like it's a it's a self-selection almost. Like you're not going to be that involved. Like having those devices mm. makes you more involved. I in know. No? I was running You're Just My Type using syringes and vials. I thought you had a pump at first. Then you went off it. Oh, I get. Yeah, when sure. When I met I, you, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. on it. Okay, I was on a pump for a couple months into it, into my project. And then I got off, and then I was on no CGM. I just feel like I don't feel that follow that many people. I wasn't on. I was anything. on. I was using syringes and vials up until August. I was using syringes and vials yeah. up until what, what two weeks ago when I just switched back to pens. Yeah. And the whole reason I wasn't on the Dexcom is because I was like very traumatized by the uh, Medtronic sensor that I was using. It kept giving Not you to false throw them lows. under the bus. It was they're like it was a older version, and it was giving me so the many. The light, right? The light, yeah. It was giving me so many false lows, telling me I was dead in the middle of the night. I'd like wake up to the screen message saying type one diabetic if found call nine one one, and I'd be like, where am I? Am I dead? And I test and I'd be fine. I'd sleep on it wrong, and then I'd be like, well, you fucked up the algorithm. And I'm like, well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for sleeping. sleeping. God, you should have known better. <laughs> Sorry, next time I won't sleep at all. But this is what I'm saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I think there's a point behind my rambling. I um, have been very lucky where my mom is an actress and my stepmom is in the military. So I had military insurance and Screen Actors Guild insurance. So my whole life I got whatever I wanted, like no questions asked. I turned 26. It was always this thing where um, my mom's like, you're turning 26 soon. You, you realize you're not going to be covered. And I didn't know what that meant. But let me tell the story too, because I, I was, I've told this before where when I grew up, I had this drawer in my bathroom and I called it the diabetes drawer and I'd run out of test strips and I'd open the diabetes drawer and get my new bottle of test strips and I need syringes and I open the diabetes drawer and get syringes and it never ran out. And I, in my head, I was like, oh, this little diabetic fairy comes in the middle of the night and fills my drawer and it's never going to go low. Mm -hmm. And then I moved out at 17 and I, I, I in a panic, I, I started running out of diabetes supplies that I had packed with me. I'm like, Mom, where's all my supplies? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's no drawer. Like, where, where are all my supplies? And she goes, no, you, you need to order them. And I was like, what are you talking about? And like, I didn't, I didn't realize what she had been going through in order to keep this diabetes drawer in stock. And I just thought it was like this constant, like it was just refillable, like our bottomless. It just like showed up. It at just your showed door. up at the door, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And just the just the realization of what I now had to go through, um, just living out of the house, still being under my parents' insurance, but, but still having, going to the doctor, having to go to getting the doctor, a prescription, picking up every refill, making sure I called it in before I ran out. Yeah, dealing with um, insurance if there were insurance, right? Issues. And 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 even so, dealing with insurance. I remember one day 
I I had everything on what they called worry-free refill. And I was like, ah, this means I don't have to worry. It's just everything's <laughs> going to come. So then I, I realized one day I opened my my fridge to get another bottle of insulin because I had run out and I, I didn't have one in there. And I'm like, oh, no. So I call and I'm like, hey, I, I need insulin. I, like, should have got a thing. I should have got another, like, uh, yeah. delivery set. And they go, oh, well, your prescription's ended. And I go, okay, what does that mean? They're like, you need to go see your doctor and get another one. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Like, I I still need the same amount and I don't have it. So I need to find a way to get it. They're like, okay, we're going to send it. It'll be there in a couple days. doesn't show up. I still have like my last few units. So I call again and they go, I go, hey, it never showed up. I go, oh, yeah, there's a reason. It didn't show up because you were out of refills. And I go, was anybody going to tell me that I wasn't going to receive another order? They didn't try to call me. They didn't try to email me. There, there was, there was, they didn't try at all to tell me that this was happening. And then I had to go to my doc, like make a doctor's appointment, go to my doctor, get insulin. It was this, ins- I, it, it was this huge eye opener of like, okay, this isn't a simple task to make sure that you always have your supplies. This was still when I was covered. So then I turned twenty six. <laughs> this was the thing my parents were preparing me for my whole life, and I did not get it. And I go to, like, refill all my prescriptions. I was on the Dexcom. And I knew this. I knew what I was – okay, sorry. This is a lot of me talking. But I got on – I was so against getting on a CGM, and everyone convinced me to do it. And so in August, knowing that I would get kicked off in October on my birthday, I, like, did this whole Instagram story. I'm like, what, what is your guys' opinion? Should I still get it knowing full well that I'm going to be kicked off and not mm-hmm. be able to, I remember get, this. to have it in October? Because for me, it's more like I'd rather not know what I'm missing out on rather than having a good thing for three months and then never getting to see it again. And everyone's like, you just get it. You have to get it. It's the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. So I got it. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I got kicked off. I had a couple months left that I had on me. Um, And what? It's been almost a year now. And I, so I go to refill my prescription. They're like, you're not covered anymore. Because you're on Medi-Cal. Yeah, I play and for Medi-Cal. does not cover. Because they consider CGMs a luxury and not a necessity. So I, I got to see this new, like, government doctor, and she she did everything she could. She, like, wrote me a medical necessity letter saying that I didn't feel my lows because I don't feel my lows. I even, like, was trying to prepare in my head for not being on a CGM, and I remember it fell off one night. My Dexon fell off one night before I went to sleep, and I was like – about to put one in, I'm like, just don't. I'm like, go one night. Like, you went 22 years without this thing. Mm-hmm. You can go one night without it. And I, that night, my fiance was waking me up from having a seizure because I did not feel the low I was having. And I don't know if maybe, I don't know if I'm getting off top. I don't know if maybe I, because I've had it, I, I have lost sensitivity in feeling my lows and highs because I'm so reliant on it. But now there's like there's no other option for me but to have this. And I've been very lucky to where I've had these people for the last what, six months, five months, people have been sending me their Dexcom supplies. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not naming names. Transmitters, sensors, people are very generous with their sensors. Yeah. People switch from Dexcom to Medtronic. Right. Or, or they don't get they're not covered anymore, so they have no use for it. Yeah. I just talked for so long. I'm so sorry. It's weird what you're saying about, and I've thought about this as well, like how many years I went without. But now you need it. Without a Dexcom, without a pump, right? 
mm-hmm. literally testing five times a day, maybe giving myself five shots a day. And somehow I, I survived. Like I, it seemed like I was living a, I don't know, healthy life. Like my A1C was in range. I well, wasn't. What did we say? Your A1C does not matter. Stop talking about that. Okay. That isn't. But I didn't have a Dexcom, so I had nothing else to measure okay. my level of control by. I wasn't keeping logs. Like, how long did you keep logs? Do you know what I would do? I My mom would tell me, like, oh, you're going to go see your endo. You need to keep this log book. And my numbers were either so poor or I forgot to take or forgot to put them down. I would bring them with me. And then I'd get so nervous before we got to my doctor that I would leave them in my car, like hide them under the car seat. And once we got in the office, I'd be like, mom, I forgot. And she'd be like, what is the doctor supposed to go off now? Yeah. And I'd be like, I just don't want her to know what my numbers are. But that was the only way of her knowing. If I hid that book. So what does your doctor know, do? Nothing. They just looked she at you test, and said. She'd test my A1C and figure out what I was. And then she couldn't give you she any would go advice? Through, I mean, I guess she could like go through my meter and see some yeah. numbers, but not like a logbook would do. Yeah. And that was probably before they could like put it in the computer yeah. and like upload it. Yeah, this is like the nineties. Yeah. So, but I feel like somehow I survived, and I think of we all did. But I think of all the lows I have now, and all the highs, and just the, the, the crazy is- roller coaster, and like I don't know. It's hard to imagine that I went through that before because I don't remember my life being that crazy. But if you imagine your Dexcom chart. And you just pick five random numbers. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem that crazy. You're like, oh, yeah, I was right. I was a hundred at breakfast. And then at lunch I was 160. And then dinner I was like 132. And you just kind of like in your mind, you just draw a line. Like, oh, it's just a big curve. But Wait, really this is it's what all you these did little at that things. event we spoke at for those kids for children's hospital. Oh yeah. When we um talked about the Dexcom because yeah. none of them had ever heard of the they Dexcom. They didn't even before. know what it was. But yeah, you're right. And this is what I'm saying. And this is what I can't wrap my head around is I would test in the morning and be 100. And then I would probably feel weird. And I wouldn't know why. And it would either be because I'm dropping or going high as soon as I woke up. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't know that. So I would just eat and get insulin for what I ate and not know like, oh, you're going low, maybe get less. Or, oh, you're going high, you should get more. And he would just base it off this one number instead of these like trending arrows. It's changed. What's the top? What's our topic? (laughs) We're talking about. I know, but I feel bad for. I know, but I feel bad. I don't. I wouldn't want to listen to this if I wasn't on one because I'm. I already don't want to listen to this because I. I don't get to have one for the next. Does that scare you? Oh my god! Yeah, I tried to go one night without it, and I had a seizure. I feel like I used to be so in in tune. Oh my god! I can know like the second I was below a hundred, I would feel it. I would feel it so quickly. Mm I would know the second I was above 150, like my mouth would start getting dry. And now, oh my God, the other day I was driving home from work. I probably left in the hundreds. I was fine. Driving home from work, feeling fine, feeling fine, feeling fine. I just happened to glance down at my watch like five minutes. It's like a 30-minute drive from work. It was like I was five minutes away and I glanced down and I was 55 down arrow. And I was like, what? Didn't feel anything as soon as I saw it. As soon as I saw the number, like visually, I was like, oh my God, I feel so low. And I pulled over and I tested and I was 50. But I had no idea. I, I I don't even feel things. I just look. I just feel things based off of the numbers that I see. I don't know how I did it before. So do you and think, I've only been on it since August. Let me reiterate. It hasn't even been a year. So do you think having all this information almost harms us? Like we be we I become think there's many so pros and cons. dependent. I think there's many pros and cons. 
There might be just as many pros as there are cons. I don't know. That could be a personal thing. Hmm. Yeah, like what you were saying earlier, I wouldn't be te- I, I wouldn't be testing at 120 and then testing every five minutes and being like, oh, I'm 130 now. Let me get half a unit. Oh, I'm 110 now. Let me eat half a fruit strip. Like that's yeah. not how it's supposed to be. It almost makes the roller coaster worse. Yeah, because you're just you're constantly it. trying to manipulate every dot that comes up on the screen yeah. rather than just like letting your body do what the fuck it's supposed to do. Yeah. Sorry. Should we censor that? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm just getting frustrated. Did you just pause it to know where? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What are we talking about? It's Yeah, it's frustrating. But I also keep thinking about the people that haven't even had the ability to get one and we're complaining about the information that we're getting. Yeah. It's not fair. I get very angry. Yeah. I'm not covered. I'm never going to be covered until, I mean, this is, do you want to hear the most unromantic thing is that the number one thing that's making me want to get married to my fiance faster is knowing that I can get a joint insurance plan that could possibly cover my Dexcom and insure me more time with a CGM. And he knows that. <laughs> I'm sure that sucks for him too. I don't have any other options. I'm never going to, I mean, my parents were very uh, encouraging of me finding a job that gives me health insurance, but I'm doing everything I want to do in my life and I'm not willing to compromise my happiness for health insurance. And I, I've, I've photographed a lot of people that have taken jobs because they provide insurance. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I just don't think I can do that. I mean, I'm lucky that I have really good insurance. You have great insurance. And I remember when I was graduating college and my mom called her insurance agent and asked like the price would be yeah like what would it be for like uh however it was 21 year old male with type 1 diabetes and this was before the all the like obamacare rules Mm -hmm. that kind of protected us and it was gonna be i don't know if the premium was like 500 dollars a month yeah that was the same when i got something like that or a thousand dollars a month it was like a lot of money crazy amount and that was that was just the premium yeah, my mom was like, if you want to stay on the account, it's fine. It's just $500 a month. And I go, yeah. no, that's not fine. It's half my rent. Yeah. So I guess you have to make, I don't know, you make a choice between paying I, out of pocket. Did you figure out what it would cost? Yeah, I called Dexcom and I said, hey, we have a problem. I even found like all these coupons. I tried everything. I found all these coupons where it was like, this is what you pay. And they're like, oh no, those coupons only work if your insurance plan covers it. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would anyone need this coupon if your insurance plan covered? So I called and they said it was going to be $900 for two transmitters. Okay, so that's $900 for six months. And then the sensors were like $399 a month for four sensors. So about $100 each. Cash. $100 a month. A week. $400 a month. Yeah. So a week. So each sensor. Yeah. And yeah, no, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. And that was like, that's the best we can do. Yeah. And the irony is if you don't have insurance, like if you can't afford insurance. Then you clearly can afford 900, what, $1,300 for a six month supply of. Yeah. Not even. No, it'd be more than that. Way more than that. You're 900 Four plus. times three. Plus $1,000. <laughs> Hold yeah. on. $1,800 for th- three, six months. 
I, don't, I feel like that's low. I no, like listen, low. listen. $400 a month. Oh, four times six. You're right, $2,400. $3,000. Yeah. $3,000 for six months of Dexcom. Yeah. Fucked. <laughs> it is. So what's your plan? I don't have one. My plan is to get married and hopefully, but either way, I'm going to have to pay for a plan once we're married. Yeah. It's going to be less expensive. I mean, it's no matter what, it's going to be more expensive than what I'm paying now. It's like the first time. I mean, even with uh, that great insurance I had, I was still paying hundreds of dollars a month for my supplies. And now that I'm on medical insurance or government insurance, I went to pick up my insulin. Oh, God. The first time I picked up my insulin on Medi-Cal, it was like a three-month supply. And she scans it and she goes, okay, you're all set. And I like had my card out. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, you're all set. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, it's free. And I was I was seriously like getting upset because this didn't make any sense. We go, what are you talking about? She goes, you don't have to pay anything. And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying right now. Like I didn't know that me switching to this insurance plan would mean free insulin. However, okay, so they picked up all this insulin and pen needles for free, 100% zero dollars but then this is when i found out that they only cover um this generic brand of insulin that i've never heard of which i it took me four months to start using because i was too nervous so i was using um like humalog and novolog my whole life and lantis and then the new insurance only it's free but it only covers this short acting insulin called the pedra and this long acting insulin called basiglar never I had never heard of either of them. I I did. I mean, I did research. I did Instagram stories and people told me, I mean, I got a lot of mixed reviews, but for the most part, people said it's all the same, but it's scary. So have you tried them? I'm using a Pedra now and it's fine. I haven't switched to the long lasting, long lasting because I've, I heard a lot of scary stories about it. What kind of scary stories? Oh, just like they had to up their dose by like 20 units. It didn't work at all. They had to like change everything mm. based on, and I'm, I'm just not ready. To do that. So I, I, I have enough uh, old stuff stocked up, but I mean, what pros and cons, I don't have to pay, but I'm too scared to use it. Yeah. I think I'd rather pay and be comfortable. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Or healthy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it could be in my head. I'm sure the stuff is fine, but I just like, I like doing what I know. The unknown is scary. I got a, people, a lot of people, the, the majority of people said that this long acting stuff was not good. Hmm. It's. I've never been in the position where I've been like in like worried about my next delivery or like not knowing what it's going to be like. Like I've always just had what I needed. And now I'm literally not covered for the things that I need. Yeah. I mean, we could complain a lot about insurance. And how it, I don't know, winners and losers of diabetes that, I don't know, if you if you have good insurance, I guess you, you do better, right? Yeah. I mean, the data shows that people who have a Dexcom or any continuous glucose monitor, I think their A1C goes down by like a percentage point. Yeah. That's their whole little thing. Yeah. Well, this just that. Whereas a, a pump really without a CGM really doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah. Um. So, 
I don't know. But this is it like, makes you healthy. This is like all over the world though. This this girl just reached out to me, um, Alex Harrington. If you're listening, she lives in South Wales. She was saying she just got on the freestyle Libra, but that if she had lived one border over, she wouldn't have been able to get it. And they based their uh, eligibility based off of zip code. So because of where she lives, she gets the CGM for free. And if she lived one town over, she would be denied it. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. How do you determine that? I don't know. Why are you, why are we born, what? It's not fair that it's, who's determining our eligibility or not? What? That doesn't, what, so what? If you're hyper unaware or hypo unaware, but you live on a street over? You don't get it. You don't it. get it? What kind of? I know, look, look, I'm also going to say this. I know that we're lucky we even have insurance. I'm not, like, complaining about getting free supplies. I think it's hard to not get what you know that is best for you or that you want for yourself when pretty much having type 1 diabetes, you have to be your own doctor every day. So I feel, I feel like me knowing, like, continuing on the same insulin I've been on my whole life makes me feel comfortable I do know that there are people in other countries that don't have health care at all. This might sound kind of weird, but sometimes I almost feel guilty. For how great for having your insurance, good insurance is. is. Because I know people who don't have good insurance. And I don't know. I don't know why it makes me feel guilty. It's like when you survive a plane crash and it's like guilt. It's what is it called? Survivor's I've never survived guilt. A plane I crash know, but it's survivor's guilt. Yeah. Why did you survive and others didn't? Yeah. Why did I look out with good insurance? You have a great job. I could get a great. Yeah. I mean, I could get another job. Right. You I, but yeah. I'm doing my dream job. I'm running your just my type, and I'm taking care of the best kid I've ever taken care of as a nanny. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Not even for a Dexcom. No, not even. Uh, no, no. No? No. You seem so adamant. No. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. As much as I need it. I, if, you, if you ran out of supplies well, like, tomorrow. Okay, so if you, they were asking me if you could do what you're doing right now and be struggling with your insurance and not be covered for the things you want to be covered for or work a miserable, dead, not that this is not, I'm saying like, or you could work this like miserable dead end job in a cubicle that you would never want to do for insurance. What would you choose? I would choose what I'm doing now. For sure. I think your happiness in general probably plays a larger role in your health than you probably realize. I just love, like me specifically or everyone? I, everyone. Oh, yeah. The same way that stress, and I was talking about this the other day. I like that um, you're air quoting to me. No one can see you doing yeah. that. Um, at a Memorial Day party, we were talking about stress. And, you know, bad. you have a bad job, you have a bad boss, um, or it's just deadlines and whatnot, and you're more stressed out than you normally are, and your blood sugar just won't come down, no matter what you do. You can eat salads all day, yeah. exercise three times a day. Yeah. Um, and stress is this weird thing where it, screws up your blood sugars so much but there's no way to measure it and there's no way to know how much it's affecting you or right. how much stress you have at any point in time and you are so very like trial and error like you like do basal testing and carb count 
yeah. testing and there's no way to be like, okay, this is my stress level at this moment. Yeah, oh, what I'm is this? super stressed right yeah, now. Yeah, you my don't have like Apple a heart rate. Says, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, at a you six of 10. So I'm going to, yeah. So there's, yeah, you're right. There's no way of measuring what's what. But I think mean. that on the flip side, then being happy and not being stressed. Yeah, but don't you think it kind of goes hand in hand where if your blood sugars are good all the time? Then you're not stressed. Is that and the, the catch twenty two? Yeah, I think it is because sure, I'm I love my job and I'm not going to change it so I can get insurance. However, wh- when I, your blood sugars not, are bad, you get stressed out. Yeah, and that's what leads to burnout. Yeah, right. Oh, this that's a whole other episode. Yeah, write this down. Someone text us when we ask. Someone write, someone write this down. How. Yeah, it's Wait, can I say something? Butchers. And I don't think I don't know if this is yeah. on this topic at all, but maybe it kind of is tying in right now. Um, so I did this video. I don't know how long ago. I mean, I think it was months ago, where I, I was in this rut, and I, you know what? Everything in my life at the time was like going fine. My relationship was great. Everything was good, and for some reason, my diabetes was weighing on me so much. Like nothing had happened, like nothing big had happened. I was just like so aware of how long I've been finger pricking and how long I've been sticking myself with needles. And every morning I would wake up. I remember this and, video. Yeah, and no matter what mood I was in, I would like wake up and be like, oh my God, you have to get your long acting shot right now. You have to get your breakfast shot right now. You have to test your blood sugar. And I was like- Every morning we give three shots, basically. Yeah, and it was like a very bad- I was in like this, one of the worst places with diabetes I've ever been in where everything was going great in my life, but I would wake up, I would like dread waking up knowing that I'd have to, I couldn't even like drink my coffee. And I said this in the video, like I couldn't even drink my coffee before sticking myself three times. And like my shots were hurting. Like everything was more painful. Everything was like more intense. And I, in my head, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. And it, it was this really dark place where I'm like, okay, you've been doing this for what, 22, 23 years. And you're going to be doing this, I mean, potentially Forever. for the rest of your life. And I was like, I can't do, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't, like, my body felt, I, I, you know, you see those handles out there like, oh, human pincushion, these like Instagram mm. handles. But I'm like, I feel like a pincushion, like my whole body some people like appreciate their body so much and like I have never hated my body, but it, I was like, my skin is there for me to like poke needles into and like to have bruises and to, I've told you this before, my fingers are so f- messed up from testing my blood sugar that when I turn my steering wheel in my car, I like cringe from the pain and have to like take my fingers off the steering wheel because they're so sensitive right now. And I was in this place where I thought I was never going to get out of it. And now, like these days, I don't feel that anymore. And I nothing happened. Like, How'd you get out of it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I just kept going. Do you think posting the video helped? No. I, People I, reaching out and being like. Maybe. I mean, I got a lot of really nice messages, but I, I didn't like come out of this like thing. Like nothing major happened where I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. I think it's one of those things where it's just like you, you're going to go through these times where there's like no light at the end of the tunnel. And right, I don't know, right now I'm not in that. I mean, but do you know what's crazy right now, if we're being honest, is there's a lot of other things in my life that I would change. And I've been going through these personal problems and like what, relationship issues and just things that have been happening in my life. But I I don't know, you know what? Maybe when other things are going wrong, like other parts of my life are going 
are I'm struggling with, then my diabetes takes the back burner. But when like everything was going so good and like my diabetes was the You've, one thing that was making me like so upset that it was like the it was at the forefront of my mind every day. Because the one like constant thing I in like your could, life, like I was so it's the happy one thing that never goes away changes. Yeah, relationships and, come and, and go, jobs like, come and go. And this is like, the, and right is now eternal. I've been like, and now for like right now today I've been dealing with so much stuff I never thought I would have to deal with, and my diabetes doesn't even compare. I guess. Like, it's not even something I think about. But this was just, like, two months ago where I was like, oh, my God, every morning. Like, who wants to wake up and poke themselves with a needle? It's not like something – why would you want to wake up? Yeah. I don't know. We've gone through so many topics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is this topic? It's definitely something I want to talk about more in a future episode. Sure. The eternal diabetes. Jeez. But I think what this comes down to, and I – I don't know, when you were talking about this, it's kind of resonated with me as huh. kind of the, almost like the overarching theme of the show, <laughs> even though we've only had two episodes. So I don't know if we can have an overarching <laughs> theme. But I think what living with diabetes really comes down to is a balance between life and diabetes. But and everything we do is about finding that balance. No, but see, I no, but see, you're you saying don't agree? no, no, I don't because you're saying that there you're saying that it's two different things. You're saying that there's life on one hand and there's diabetes on the other and for me it's one and the same. But I think there's a balance between how much energy or whatnot you're focusing on no, but diabetes. If I'm, no, but if I'm focusing on my life, then I'm focusing on my diabetes. And if I'm focusing on my diabetes, then I'm focusing on my life. I don't, they're not separated for me. I'm sure they're separate. They're separated for you. They're just not separated for me. No, it's, it's, it's not that it's, I think what I I'm, I'm trying to say is more like the idea of, um, and this was an, early episode of Beta Cell when I interviewed Jim Natal. Oh, my God. Who you met. I met uh, one of my favorite people I've photographed. And he has this quote about not wanting to be a professional diabetic. And there's something about this quote that, like, really resonated with me. And he said something along the lines of, like, sure, you know, he could have like a perfect blood sugar all the time if he spent all of his energy on that, you know? Yeah. Like how good okay, would your blood sugar be yeah. if you sat in a room with a insulin pump in one hand and a, I don't know, box of glucose tabs in the other and you just took micro doses of either. But isn't that right? what we we're just talking about? Is that what we, that's what we still do? No. Think about what you're saying, though. It's like coming full circle. We were just saying how because of the Dexcom. We were doing we're, that. We were, we're taking insulin. But I think that's what the issue was for me, is that I had all this information. And I was like, Are oh, you my God, doing... I'm focusing on this all the time. Are you not doing that now? No, I mean, I haven't checked my – I have my blood sugar on my watch right now, and I haven't looked at it since that. Oh, I've been looking this whole episode. I'm trying I know. And yeah. I, and I think that that's kind of – part of that balance, like how much of your life do you want to make making your blood sugars better? Knowing, like we said, that having better blood sugars 
tends to make your life better. You're less stressed out. You feel better. You feel healthier. This is heavy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where. But I think everything comes down to that. It's the food you eat, (sighs) the exercise you do, the hobbies you have. The relaxed you are. Yeah. Right? I mean, think about. I don't know. This might be too hard to like just pull what? out of thin air. What? But just think about when you're really relaxed about, and I don't know, in life, and how much are you like focusing on diabetes? But I don't think versus there's... the other times when you can like. But even today. Like uh, today, today. Today, today, I was in such a good mood. I like drove to go to this appointment of mine in LA and I got out of the car and I was like, I like smelled like there's a smell that's coming out of these plants right now during the summer in LA. It's like this honey smell, you know, those white flowers on those green bushes. And it like, I don't know, it reminds me of childhood. It's like a very nostalgic feeling. And I, I like took this scent in and I was like, oh my God, this is the happiest I've been in so long. And the thought I had right after it was like, Am I going to go low during this appointment? Do you, you remember? Mm-hmm. I would like text you. I like showed up to this appointment. I was like, it says I'm fine, but I think I'm going down. Do I need to eat? And it like took away from this. I was so happy. And and not, not that it took away from my happiness, but it just added. But that's kind of my point, I think. Like you focusing so much. It wasn't took away focusing from that. on in diabetes. A, it was being worried on if I'm going to go low in this hour-long appointment I have and if I should do something Would to... you have worried about that before the decks come? Yes. Really? I think so. I don't know. It was more just like being worried about this next hour where I knew my phone was going to be off of me. And I wasn't going to know because I'm always in the know of what my mm-hmm. ledgers are. It's more like I guess I'm just scared of that unknown all the time. But it did take away. I was like, it's so fun. I was so happy. And then I was like, oh, no. I saw, like, the slight down arrow. And it was, like, 193 slight down. It was fine. But I'm like, oh, my God. What's going to happen in the next hour? And it, like, took away from how good I was feeling. When we sat down to record this, I was pretty sure we were going to talk about yeah. drinking, right? <laughs> that was our whole talk. We didn't talk yeah. about it one time. Yeah. And, we, you know, before... And I don't want to get too deep into this because this has to be its own episode, probably. <laughs> so this is going to be a preview okay. for the next episode okay. or a future episode. Um, I mean, we've talked about there's not that much to talk about with drinking. Like, you can drink. You can drink. End of episode. All right. <laughs> next topic. Can you drink? Yes. Tune in next time. What can time. you drink? Anything you want to drink. <laughs> well, no. That's not yeah. true. Um, but... Yeah, like drinking obviously complicates things a little bit, right? Just another thing. Like if you just drank water, well, that would compl- be better. Well, Exer- exercising well, that, that was my complicates next point. things. Eating food complicates Breathing things. Breathing complicates things. We do all of these things, and we do all of these things because it makes us happy. And what sure, I could, I could not exercise as much. I could not... I don't want to say not drink as much because it makes me seem like I drink a lot. <laughs> we really um, don't, you guys. Um, I could not eat as much food I like to eat. But to me, that's more important. Finding that balance with life. 
mm. and being happy doing those things as opposed to caring only about my blood sugar all the time. Right, but I don't think I'm trying to care. It's like the times that I'm not trying to care are – it's not that I'm trying to care. It's that it's always – I feel like my brain is split in two, and, but they're happening at the same exact time where it's like my normal life and then worrying about my blood sugars. It doesn't matter. At the same time? You're yeah. always thinking about it? Yes. Before Dexcom. But you do but I've things. I've had this since I was six, four, what? Sorry, four years old? Yeah. But what you also I... do things. If one side of your brain is saying, your diabetes brain is saying, mm-hmm. oh, this would be good for your blood sugars. You don't always listen to that 100%. No, I eat the donut. Yeah. National Donut Day. Hashtag when we're recording this, Chris, um, this podcast. Right? Does, what is the top? What is this topic? I don't but know. The, you know what I always said is that for this podcast, I was like, always when, when you brought up the idea of us having a podcast, I was like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, all you need to do is set up a microphone for us to have a normal conversation because this is perfect. This might be kind of what this is. Yeah, I think we've jumped to a lot of things, but I hope it helps people. Yeah. So there's no question or answer for this. There's so, no- but if you if you do eat the donut, what does that mean? I honestly regret eating you, the donut most of the time. But you think you think about it, and part of that brain says, don't eat that donut. That's going to be, your blood sugar is going to be crazy, but you do it anyways. Yeah, but I regret it every time. Every time? It's the same with pizza. Even when you're eating when it? When I eat you pizza, enjoy it? yeah, no. Okay, so. We had pizza, pizza last night. I know we had pizza last night. Did you regret night. it? A little. So pizza, it's like for some reason, pizza and donuts, I want it so badly. I crave them so badly. And they're good for the 20, 30 seconds that I'm like chewing it and eating it and tasting it. And as soon as I'm done, I'm like, God damn it. it it's not going to be pretty after this. And then it's like it's hours worth of trying to get back down to where you were before you started eating it. I don't know if I'm – I'm sorry if I'm proving you wrong, whatever point you were trying to make. But, yeah, I do <laughs> – I don't know. I think my point is that – Let's just conclude. You sometimes – Choose to do things even though... Your diabetes side is telling you not to. Not to. And why do you choose to do it? Because I want to feel like a normal human. And do you? In that? Yeah. And that's good, right? That makes you yeah, that's happy? Good. That's how you yeah, get, is that how you get through living second. with diabetes? As, oh as God, you said, how do I like get through living with diabetes. I mean, as you said, like knowing ours. that you might have diabetes That's... forever, mm-hmm. potentially. No, I don't know. This is a hard question. This is a whole fucking sorry. This is a whole nother episode. I regret every time I'm like, just eat it, just eat the pasta, just eat the donut, just do this because it's not as simple as just eating it and being fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. I'll eat pizza before bed and be up the entire night trying to get my blood sugars back down. And do I ever say that was so worth it? Those five bites of pizza, was that worth me not sleeping all night? Was that worth me being 500? Was it worth me getting too much insulin, be, trying to prepare for that 500 and then dropping to 40? No, it's never worth it. That's never worth it for me. It's not. I'm it's- sorry if this is like depressing. It's like never <laughs> worth it for me to eat it. Like, yeah, I'll eat the donut when I'm like craving sweets, but it's never worth me being like, oh, yeah, babe, let's go to an Italian restaurant tonight. And he knows that because I say that because in the moment, I'm like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can I can handle this Italian mm-hmm. food. I love Italian food. 
And we sit down. And he's like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, oh, I'll just take a salad. Because I'm like terrified. Because I know the second I eat that pasta, that's that that ruins the rest of my night. That ruins everything I'm about to do after that. And if you can handle your carb count and like doing it differently, then by all means, please eat the pasta. But I personally can't. I don't have it figured out. No idea what this – thanks for hearing this 53-minute-long podcast that we had no idea what the topic was or the answer. What were we talking about this whole episode? Go ahead. So I don't really know what this episode was about. There wasn't really a moral or a conclusion. I feel like we started a lot of questions – and we didn't really get any answers, but maybe that's going to be future episodes as we try and maybe that's life. parse out those <sighs> little topics. God, this is almost like a teaser episode. This like, like a ther- this is like the season of we were just dropping range. little things, all these little topics. We were jumping around and yeah. And if you heard something, the rest of our lives figuring them out. If you heard something that you would like us to elaborate on, then let us know. So that's it for this week's episode. Out of Range is a production of Beta Sounds, produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range downloaded automatically onto your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit betacell.com forward slash supporters for more info. I feel like we should plug this a little more. Yeah, t- tell me what you wanted me to say. So what, like, let's describe what it is. So Patreon's kind of like a Kickstarter, Kickstarter for... but it's a subscription. Okay. So rather than you giving like, here's five bucks, send me a sticker and we get your five bucks. You're basically saying you support what we're doing. You want us to keep doing it. And here's a little money every month so that you can keep doing it. And it's it. like a little, it's like six bucks. It's like... One, you can do one dollar. Yeah, you can do five dollars. You can do anything ten dollars, and we send you various amounts of swag. We put your name on I our don't... website, <laughs> um, and it means that we can pay all the all the fees for I'm hosting this. Them. Yeah, so that we can afford our diabetes supplies. <laughs> I was gonna say so we don't have to choose between <laughs> insulin and podcasting. Oh my god, Greg! Is that too dramatic? <laughs> So if that pitch doesn't work for you, I don't know what will, but we're on Patreon. I'll, so I'll put a, I'll do a story and I'll put the link. Betacell.com forward slash supporters. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out, Out of, of Range. range.